Hallelujah. God is so good. Good to have Jesse here tonight. Hi, Jesse. How are you tonight? Just private conversation going on here. <laughs> Testimony time? Hallelujah. We don't want to lock anybody outdoors. You know, uh, in Revelation, you got Jesus out there knocking. Uh, we, 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 don't want, we don't want people out there knocking. We want them in here. Hallelujah. So we'll leave that to our, our uh, men to take care of that. And uh, by the way, men are, men are going to the convention this weekend. Uh, hallelujah. They're going to come back all charged up come Sunday. Charged already. <laughs> well, you're going to go down all charged. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you open your Bibles with me tonight to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Hallelujah. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they were... While they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Heavenly Father, I just ask that tonight you would add your blessing to the reading of the Word and that, Lord, you would touch each one of our hearts, touch our ears that we might hear, help us to put everything aside that would hinder us from, from uh, listening, God, there is a message here for us tonight because you're wanting to speak to us. And Lord, if we would just have ears to hear and a, and a heart to receive, then Lord, we would gather that which would strengthen us as a church, as individuals. And Lord, without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we just can't 
do these things. So we look to you tonight to just anoint the words and anoint this pastor. Help each of us to be under that anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. A.B. Simpson said, There's two ways of looking at the Lord's coming. A looking for it or a looking at it. It's possible to look at it with keen intellect and profound interest and yet have it mean nothing to us personally. It is also possible to know but little of the theology of the subject and yet have a deep and holy longing for our Lord's Lord to appear. May this theme be not only our study, but our personal hope. Unto them that look for him, he shall appear a second time. Without sin, unto salvation. How many are looking for Jesus? Hallelujah. I just, uh, day after day, I long to see Jesus. When I, when I look at some of the news on television and some of the newspaper reports, and you got kids, uh, they were out last night, and, and uh, there was some down in Philadelphia that got shot while they were going trick-and-treating. Uh, and you see some of the, the horrible things that are going on. It, you just, all of a sudden you go... Lord, when when are you coming back? Uh, this this thing can't keep going on. I just uh, I know that the only time we're going to come into real peace and joy is when the King of Kings is reigning. And uh, you know it says that we're going to rule and reign with Him for a thousand years. Can you imagine? He's coming back with 10,000 of his saints. And he's coming back with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And in the twinkling of an eye, you know, the dead in Christ is going to rise first and then we which remain are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Isn't that going to be exciting? And that's not the end. You see, we're going to be taken up. We're coming back with him. We're going to come, come on the clouds of heaven. Jerusalem uh, is, uh, and the Israelites, he told them, he said, you'll see, see me coming on the clouds of heaven with 10,000 of his saints, right? We're coming back with him. And then... Then we'll see the lion lay down with the lamb and, and we'll see the children playing on the hole uh, of an asp and so on. Then some of these wonderful truths that have yet to be tapped are going to come to be. Hallelujah. He told this story of the virgins 
because he wanted people to be ready. And he said, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened. That means that all of these were virgins. That means all of them were pure, right? But half of them were foolish. And half of them were wise. And the wise, they took some oil with them. And they were prepared. And in a moment, when they least expected it, someone shouted out, The bridegroom's coming! Can you imagine the kind of thing that gripped their hearts? That which they had looked for so longingly. It said that they were slept and they slumbered, but all of a sudden it was there. It's kind of a picture of the church, isn't it? The church is kind of sleeping and slumbering in these last days kind of like the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. When they should have been watching and praying, they were sleeping. And it's all a picture of how it's going to be in the last days. I think that uh, there's three things that we need to look at here. And it's a, a simple little uh, outline that I'm using tonight. So if you're taking notes, first of all, there has to be an upward look. Then there has to be an inward look. Then there has to be an outward look. So I'm going to start by talking about the upward look, and that's threefold. First of all, there has to be a look of expectation. If you look at Matthew 24 here with me, and verse 42, he says, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. And then if you go over to chapter 25, verse 13, it says about the same thing. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. There's been a lot of speculation over the past few years, when the Lord's going to come. And a lot of people have tried to set a date on it. I don't know exactly when he's coming. Jesus indicates to us here that 
the kingdom of God is like this. We don't know the day or the hour. But he assumes that if you were wise, that you would be prepared. The wise were prepared. They had taken oil with them. They didn't leave it to circumstances or happenstance. Is that the word? That's not the word I want. They just didn't didn't allow the thing to go on without giving a little thought to it. No one ever falls into sin as a result of being too watchful. But it's when we become lax. You remember Brother Leahy? What, what was this? City of Refuge, yeah. And there was the border of the City of Refuge. Right there. And he said that people tried to get as close to the border as they could without falling. People, when they're not alert, see, we've got to be found in Christ. And the longer you wait, the more lax you become. And people, instead of being in Christ, are trying to see how close they can get to being in the world without, being, without getting out of Christ. And they don't know when the Lord's coming. And so it might come when they're way over here somewhere. I want to be found in Christ. Amen? And we need to be alert. We need to be awake. He's coming in an hour when you, when you think that you least think He's coming. He's coming. When you think not, that's what it says. In an hour that you think not. Isn't that what it says? Everybody's got it all mapped out. He's coming tomorrow. Well, maybe not. When everybody's crying peace and safety, and, and they're, they're, they're saying, oh, everything's going... Look out. Sudden destruction. With all of our mentality, we're unable to fathom exactly when he's coming. Oh, we can look at the signs and so forth. And we're not to just stand around and wait for his coming. You remember over in Acts chapter 1? They were standing on the Mount of Olives. And he gave them a, a commission to wait in Jerusalem until they had been endowed with power. And then all of a sudden, after he had told him these things, he was taken up. 
He was taken up out of their sight. And they, the men of Jerusalem all stood there. And all of a sudden, two men appeared in white apparel, or angels, I think they were. And they said, why do you stand around looking up all the day long? I wonder what they would say to us today. When we can look out there and we can look on the harvest and it's white on the harvest already. Not six months from now. Now! People are perishing. The harvest is, is, is uh, being neglected. And we're, to spo we're supposed to gather in souls. That's, that's the commission he left us with. Not to stand and look heavenward. We need to be in preparation. And that's what this whole text that I've just read to you about the virgins is trying to get across. They went and they took light with them, but they didn't take enough oil to keep that light burning bright. It, while they were sleeping, it kind of died down. said that when they woke up, they trimmed the wick. But, and, and then they realized, hey, wait a minute, I don't have the oil. Why don't you give me some of your oil? Oil always speaks of the Holy Spirit. Do you have enough of the Holy Spirit to keep the light burning even in that last hour? You know, the love of many is going to grow cold because iniquity is going to abound during those last hours. Do you have enough of the Holy Spirit to see you through to the very end? That's what it's talking about. Are you prepared for the long haul if Jesus don't come tonight? You don't need the light in the daytime. Do you know that? He came at midnight. He came in the He came when it was blackest. You know those that are have their hearts set on iniquity are of the darkness. We're going to need the light to shine brightest in that darkest hour. Do you have enough of the Holy Spirit to let the light so shine that it glorifies your Father in heaven in that last hour? Are you prepared? And then there needs to be anticipation. Expectation, preparation, and anticipation. I remember when I was in the Air Force and I was learning to march, they'd always say, Don't anticipate the command! Don't anticipate the command! That means that I had it all figured out ahead of time. I mean, they, they had, they had uh, marched so far and then they said, 
to the rear, march. And I knew, I knew when they were going to do that. And the first thing you know, they'd change their mind, and I'd be marching the wrong way. Everybody else going that way. <clears throat> we're not saying that you need to anticipate to the point where you take wrong turns. I'm saying you need to anticipate the fact that Jesus is coming. He is coming. And He could just as well catch you outside of the realm of safety. You've got to keep in the realm of safety. You've got to keep in Jesus Christ. You've got to keep filled with the Holy Ghost. R.W. Bailey said, Many are looking for signs of Christ's coming when they should be looking for souls. The disciples were gazing when they should have been going. A lot of truth in that. Let's be found doing His will. I mean, so wrapped up in Jesus Christ, so set on doing what He said to do, that when He comes, we'll be caught unaware of it, but we'll be doing what He said to do. Amen? I mean, so busy doing what God said to do. Turn with me to 2 Timothy 4 and 8. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me, when? On that day. And not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. Do you really love his appearing? You know, if you love his appearing, it's a funny thing. What you love is what you talk about. Did you ever notice that? My dad used to grow strawberries, and every, his whole mind was tied up in how to get the best strawberries. And he used to, all I could hear him talk about was strawberries. But that's what was on his heart. You talk to a farmer who, who's uh, in the dairy business, and if he's really loving his work and he's tied up in his dairy business, the only thing he talks about is cows. If one of you young guys fall in love, the only thing you can see is that gal, and that's all you talk about. Well, if you love his appearing, we ought to talk about it once in a while. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, people. He's coming for us. Hallelujah. 1 John 2 and verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him. And when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. 
abide in him so that we don't have to be ashamed we're not caught out here somewhere that's what it's saying so we need to have an inward look what's really in my heart what's going on inside it's not enough to look for the upward look but the inward look what's going on inside twofold number one we need to receive the Holy Ghost you can't be the witness you should be without the power that's been provided you need the Holy Ghost you need the Holy Ghost hallelujah Acts 1 8 he told him wait in Jerusalem until you Receive this power from on high. Don't leave there until you've got the power you need. Then go. And you know something? It says also in Acts chapter 2 and verses 38 and 39 that this gift is not only unto you but to your children to as many as the Lord thy God shall call. This is for us today. It's for each one of us. Now, think along with me for a moment. They were in the upper room. They were praying. And they were praying for this gift that God was going to give them when Jesus ascended he was going to send the Holy Ghost another comforter and they were praying for it and on the day of Pentecost they were all in one place one accord and God began to pour out his spirit and they were all baptized it says in chapter 2 of Acts they were all baptized and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. They were all, just keep that for a minute, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. We go over to chapter 3 and we see that uh, Peter and John are on their way up to the temple for prayer. And they heal a man at the gate beautiful. A man that was lame, they took him by the hand and he, they lifted him up and said, In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. And he went running and leaping and praising God. And they were taken by the Sanhedrin and they were warned not to do any more miracles in the name of this Jesus. And they said, well, whether it be right or not, you be the judge. We can't help but be witness to the things that we've heard and seen. And so they go back and they get in a little huddle and they pray and the place was shaken and it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. But I thought they were filled on the day of Pentecost. They were. 
And here's what, the point I want to make. There is one baptism in the Holy Spirit. There is many fillings. And it just kind of irritates me when people, you ask them, when were you filled with the Spirit? And they say, well, 1973. Praise God, I was filled with the Spirit this morning. Over in Ephesians, it says, be ye not drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Right? Be ye not filled with wine wherein is excess. I didn't say the whole thing. You, you get the idea. But be ye filled with the Spirit. We've got to continue to be filled with the Spirit. Don't be like those virgins. When the time came for Jesus to come, they didn't have enough oil. Have you got your supply of oil today? Are you ready? Do you have enough to keep that light burning in that last hour when they holler, here he comes? You've got to stay filled with the Holy Spirit, people. Don't leave it to happenstance. <laughs> Don't just assume that you're going to have enough oil to carry you through. Press in there. You can be filled with continuously. There's a continuous filling. There's a place where you're, you're continually being filled. But you know, like the Dead Sea, which has an intake in, uh, but no outlet, after a while, it becomes stagnant. If you want to keep the oil flowing in your life, you've got to have an outlet. You've got to have the light burning. That's going to be taking care of some of the oil. As your light shines before men, He gives you more. As you do, He does. Given it shall be given unto you. Amen? Hallelujah. I said it was twofold. First of all, you have to receive the Holy Spirit. And you have to, that's a continuous thing. Secondly, you have to enthrone the Holy Spirit. He can't be... You can't quench the Holy Spirit in your life. Snuff him out and say, you can have control of this part, but not this part. I mean, he's got to be on, the, on your heart's throne continuously. God does not take second place. Not God Almighty, not God Jesus Christ, not God the Holy Spirit. They are not going to be in second place. The Trinity has to be enthroned on your heart. And when the Holy Spirit's enthroned and you're being led by the Spirit of God, then you are what? The sons of God. Amen. See, we've got to keep Him in control, not the flesh. But there's a lot of people, once they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, they think that's it. I have arrived. 
And they begin to slide back into that slumber, back into that sleep, back into the flesh. They're led by the flesh. And the Spirit loses control because He's a gentleman. I mean, you, you have a free will. You want to do your own thing? Do it. He'll, he'll uh, try to, to uh, uh, t- speak to you, try to talk to you. But if you don't want to listen, and that's why it says, quench not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed. You're, you're, that's, that's, you're sealed unto redemption by the Holy Spirit. And last of, all, last of all, and I'm skipping ahead here a bit, we need, to, we need an outward look. We've had the upward look, the inward look. You need an outward look. And Luke 19.13 says, Occupy till I come. Acts 1.8 says, Ye shall be witnesses unto me. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Matthew 28, he says, Go ye therefore and disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. So, we've got to keep our eyes on what he's told us to do, as well as eyes on how we're doing and eyes on the fact that he's coming. Amen? Don't be caught unawares. It says the wise were not caught unaware. They were ready. And the ones that were not wise, the door was shut. They missed it by just a little bit. For a miss is as good as a mile. They missed it. They went out to get some more oil, and while they were gone, the Lord came, and he took them in and shut the door. While you're out attending to something else, be ready. The Lord's coming. Amen? 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 Amen?